For 539 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, in fact, wrapped up a 3-2, six-round shootout loss to the Detroit Red Wings. A game where I don't think the Rangers were necessarily as sharp as they were a couple nights ago against the Boston Bruins, that being their first night back uh, from the All-Star break. Just a little bit sloppy with the puck at certain times tonight, but... You know, be that as it may, I think you do have to give some credit to the opposition in a game like this. I thought Detroit competed uh, tremendously hard in this game. And I think us Ranger fans, we finally, maybe for the first time all season, got a little bit of a dose of our own medicine. And what I mean by that is we had a game, you know, even despite the fact that the Rangers did not play their best, the Red Wings won that game because of Thomas Grace, plain and simple. If he doesn't play an outstanding game as he did, if he was just you know, average or even just good to really good. I think the Rangers come away with a win here. It didn't happen. Thomas Grice was absolutely fantastic. Igor Shesterkin with another nice night as well. And the Rangers just come up up short. And one other fact that I want to kind of point out to everybody before we really start diving into the highlights and lowlights of this game, an interesting tidbit here. The Rangers, you know, two games after the All-Star break, they've played the Bruins and now they've played the Red Wings. They have led in these two games... Uh, for a combined time of exactly zero minutes and zero seconds. And despite that, they have three out of a possible four points. So all things considered, I think you have to take that, especially you know if you're just looking at points specifically, three out of a possible four against a team that's in the playoffs and a team that I believe will be the last team out of the playoffs in the Detroit Red Wings uh, if the postseason were to start right here and right now. But uh, I also want to talk quickly. I mean, we'll get into all the game highlights like I was talking about, but I got to mention Mark Stahl uh, back in the uh, Madison Square Garden for the first time since the Rangers traded him to Detroit. Of course, last season, all the divisions were sectioned off and, you know, you had eight teams per division. You only played your division opponents. So uh, that's part of the reason why he didn't get back to the Garden last year. But it was cool to see Stahl back. Uh, He got a nice tribute video or what I assume was a tribute video. That's how they usually do it. But But uh, the tribute video, if there was one, played during the commercial break. And uh, so we didn't get to see it. But I'll try to find it on YouTube. I I would imagine probably somebody uh, either has uploaded it or will upload it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Mark Stahl, great New York Ranger. He was there from 2007 until 2020. He played 892 regular season games with the Rangers and an additional 107 Stanley Cup playoff games with the New York Rangers. He was, of course, part of the Ranger team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals back in 2014, uh, logging invaluable top four minutes on that squad. He was part of what I like to call the block shot factory. Uh, You had, uh, you know, Dan Girardi, Ryan McDonough, of course, Mark Stahl himself. You could even throw uh, Anton Strawman in there, too. All those guys, man, they would just fearlessly uh, basically try to block slap shots with their face on a nightly basis. And I also kind of enjoyed, uh, as it pertains to Mark Stahl, he had like this little side rivalry with Alex Ovechkin over the years. Those two would go at it every single game. Not to say that they were like dropping their gloves and punching each other, but man, they were always scuffling out there. They always seemed to find each other and uh, definitely enjoyed watching that as well. But you know, shifting our attention back to this game here, it's funny because, you know, we did the crossover with Locked on Detroit Red Wings to preview this game. And something that we mentioned was, you know, we were talking about who's going to be in goal because neither team had uh, named its starting goalie yet. I thought that there was a chance that the Rangers might go with Georgiev in this one just because you don't want anybody collecting dust. And obviously the Rangers had a two-week break there. Uh, 
you'll never get me to argue against them starting Igor Shesterkin, though so I was totally cool with them starting Igor. Uh, but the guys from Locked On Wings, they seem pretty convinced that it was going to be Nijelkovic. And you see Thomas Grice out there, and he hasn't really had a great season. And as a Ranger fan, you're kind of thinking like, okay, I mean, not that it's going to be easy or anything like that, but you just kind of figure like, all right, we caught a little bit of a break here. We're playing their backup goalie. Uh, but then you remember that Thomas Grice really kind of had the Rangers number when he was a member of the New York Islanders, and he stood on his head again in this one tonight. Like I said, I don't think there's any chance that the Red Wings win this game uh, were it not for the play of their goaltender. And, uh, you know, the Rangers did come up short, but there are definitely some positives to take out of this game as well. I thought the Mika Zibanejad line just looked absolutely fantastic. Every single time those guys were on the ice, it felt like they were going to score. Uh, some of the passes between Lafreniere and Kreider and Mika were just to die for watching this game here tonight. And uh, a couple of instances where, you know, it seemed like they were going to score a goal and then, you know, a, a tip and attempt would go just wide or a couple of times they hit the post. Lafreniere uh, early in this game had a deflection that rang off the post. The Rangers had at least two posts in this game. And, you know, again, a lot of times it was just Grice, you know, simply being better and coming up with a, a big time clutch save. Again, you do have to tip your cap a little bit uh, when it is due. But, you know, talking about this line and specifically focusing on Alexi Lafreniere, I thought this is one of the best games that Lafreniere has played since the Rangers have drafted him. And I realize he wasn't on the score sheet, but you watch this game. He was playing physical. He stole the puck a couple of times. His passing looked good and crisp. He just looked really, really engaged in the game. And, you know, he got a chance to actually win the game in the shootout because it went into the fourth round. The Rangers sent Lafreniere out there. It was the bottom of the fourth, quote-unquote. The Red Wings had not scored in the top of the fourth, and uh, Lafreniere had a chance. Unfortunately, he was stoned by Grice, just one of many fantastic saves that Grice made on the night. But again, very, very encouraging performance for Alexi Lafreniere and, I mean, the top line in general. With Mika and Kreider, it's not unexpected at all because they're both just having absolutely fantastic seasons. Uh, Mika Zibanejad got the game-tying goal in the third period in this one with the Rangers operating on the power play, his 19th of the season. But yeah, for Lafreniere, again, I think he's not going to be able to help but see an uptick in his production just by the simple fact that he's playing with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And if you guys remember, toward the end of last season, they put... Alexi Lafreniere with Mika Zibanejad on that top line. The two of them really seem to have some good chemistry, and we saw that on display a little bit as well. But I would say, you know, of everybody that Alexi Lafreniere has played with so far in his early New York Ranger tenure here, if, if there's one player that I could single out and say, okay, him and Lafreniere, they're on the same page. They they seem to have a, a you know, just kind of a feel for playing with each other. I would say that player is Mika Zibanejad. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what this line can continue to do together, you know, in the games going forward here. Because like I said, I thought they had a fantastic night. Just a case of, uh, in some cases, some bad puck luck, and in some other cases, uh, Thomas Grice doing his best Igor Shesterkin impersonation. But uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of just scratching the surface here. I'm definitely going to uh, get into some other highlights and lowlights from this game. First, though, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs to go along with 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 
30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we talked just a second ago about how puck luck was really not on the Rangers' side in this game, and I've got another example of that right here. And that's not to say that, you know, the Rangers just couldn't catch a break, and that's the only reason why they lost. I mean, they did not play their best in this game. But one goal, or, well, I kind of just gave it away. One instance that uh, just kind of drove me crazy in this game, you had to Kaiser for the Red Wings. This is in the second period, a uh, little past the midway point of the second period. Game is tied at one at this point. To Kaiser shoots from the point, and it goes wide of the net, bounces off the boards behind the Ranger net, comes back in front right to Dylan Larkin, and Larkin buries it from point-blank range. There's not really a whole lot that anybody could do on this one. I mean, I suppose you could argue that, you know, somebody on the Rangers should have been on Larkin. You got to keep an eye on him. He's obviously dangerous, but it's hard to anticipate a play like this and a bounce like this. And, you know, I, I suppose the case could also be made that maybe this is what DeKaiser was trying to do, but DeKaiser on the season has zero goals and four assists. Not exactly a player that's known for his offensive fireworks. So I got to believe this was what it was. And what it was, was a lucky bounce off the boards, came right back in front of Dylan Larkin, and Larkin converted from the doorstep. So uh, that was obvious, unfortunate, rough bounce for the Rangers there. But something that was completely on the Rangers, and this has nothing to do with puck luck. Once again, a bit of a slow start in this game for the Blue Shirts. I mean, you had Robbie Fabry going in in the first minute or two of the game. He made a ridiculous move around Ryan Lindgren, excuse me, faked a backhand, uh, went back to his forehand, and Igor was actually moving the wrong way, but he kicked his pad back, back out and knocked the puck away. And, uh, you know, again, just Wings winning some board battles early in the game as well, getting some opportunities. And then just a couple of minutes into the game, uh, they take a one to nothing lead on a goal by Troy Stetcher, his first of the season. In fact, uh, Ernie is credited with the assist. But Stetcher basically just shot from the blue line. Zach Jones was trying to knock the puck down, but what happened was the puck actually deflected off of Jones' leg, went into the net, and... So that was unfortunate. Again, puck luck not on the Rangers' side there. It's like the only way you can beat Igor Shesterkin right now. You got to get like a crazy bounce or a deflection or, or something along those lines. But uh, yeah, you know, again, it just a little bit of a slow start. Rangers back on their heels. It didn't take them as long in this game to find their A game as I think it did against the Boston Bruins, which a little bit ironic considering the fact that the Rangers lost this game. They beat the Boston Bruins. Uh, they eventually got it going in the first period, started creating some chances. And like I said, I thought uh, the Mika... Lafreniere and Kreider line was absolutely fantastic. They looked great early in this game. And I was talking about Lafreniere a couple minutes ago. Got a couple plays written down here that I want to talk about. Uh, for starters, he made an excellent pass. Rangers are down 1-0 at this point, still the first period. He's along the boards on the left side, passes to his right to Mika Zibanejad, and Mika tipped it just wide. Mika immediately gets to the puck behind the net and throws it right back in front. He was trying to get the puck to Lafreniere because Lafreniere at this point is in the crease. He can't quite get it to Lafreniere, but Kreider was there, and he comes into the picture and uh, tries a stuff-in attempt, can't quite get it past Grice. 
Lafreniere then also stole the puck in the neutral zone. This is a little bit later. I think just one shift later here in the first period. Went in hard toward the net. Slipped a short pass to Chris Kreider, and Kreider just kind of ran out of room there. Uh, but again, you know, this line generating all kinds of scoring opportunities left and right and looked dangerous for the entire evening. So again, I think that trio is going to be just fine going forward. I just wanted to point out a couple of examples of them, uh, you know, obviously doing well in this game. There was an instance in the second period as well where Mika Zibanejad uh, moved a centering pass to Lafreniere. Lafreniere was looking for the tipping goal, but Grace knocked it away at the last second. That's what it looked like, at least. It looked like Grace extended his stick and uh, just tipped it away from Lafreniere there. And then another example of bad puck luck. Maybe I am going to blame this entire loss on puck luck. We'll see how this ends up shaking out here. But uh, this is in the second period, and the Rangers are down 2-1. to one. It's getting pretty late in the second period. You get a rush into the zone, and, you know, some good passing, Players throwing the puck at the net. Lafreniere gets a chance uh, from the right side. He probably had a goal here, but unfortunately, Adam Fox was in deep. He had been knocked to the ice, and Lafreniere's uh, shot actually hit Adam Fox. And again, it's just one of those situations. There's not really a whole lot you can do. It's nobody's fault. Just one of those things that happens. And uh, like I said, puck luck not on the side of the Rangers, although I would argue that you know, through some of their sloppy play and some unforced errors, quote unquote, and some giveaways, I would say that the Rangers didn't necessarily deserve to have puck luck on their side tonight, whereas a lot of other games this season, you know, they play hard night in and night out, and they played hard in this game too. But the Rangers, most nights, you know, they bring their A game, they're very sharp, the effort is always there, and I think you earn some breaks when, when that's the case, you know, if the hockey gods are keeping track, they'll reward you. Uh, I don't know that the hockey gods necessarily owe the Rangers anything in this game here tonight, and that's not to say they were awful, but a couple of uh, just sloppy plays here and there. And we will continue breaking down this loss in just a second here. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Just a quick general thought here before we, you know, dive into a couple more highlights. Certainly, we're going to talk about the overtime period, which was crazy, and a little bit about the shootout as well. But as I'm watching this game, even when it's 2-1 to one Red Wings in the second period, and even going into the third period, and even like halfway through the third period, I'm... Still feeling good about the Rangers' chances. I almost feel like the Rangers, okay, we've got them right where we want them. We've got this young, inexperienced uh, Detroit Red Wings team that is under 500, especially if you group their losses and overtime losses together. You know, it almost feels like the Rangers are playing uh, a version of themselves from a couple of years ago where, you know, the Rangers were the young, inexperienced team that was still kind of learning how to win. And it just feels, you know, watching these games, whether it's the Red Wings or really anyone, that the Rangers are going to put their best foot forward in crunch time. They're going to find a way to get it done. And they partially did that. I mean, Mika Zibanejad ties this game with a beautiful power play goal with uh, about eight minutes or so to go in the game, and then, you know, it goes into overtime, and you think the Rangers are going to win there. It goes into the shootout. You think they're going to win there, and then they end up losing, and it's just kind of like, huh, 
You know, like it's actually possible for the Rangers to not come through in a situation like this. We've gotten so used to seeing the Rangers uh, pull out so many of these dramatic, uh, exciting wins. And again, playing their best in crunch time. Uh, it didn't happen tonight, but it is what it is. Like I said, you do have to tip your cap a little bit to Detroit because I thought they uh, came with a really strong effort in this game. I do actually want to focus on something that happened in the third period before we turn our attention to, like I said, the overtime and also the shootout as well. Uh, you had an incident with Giovanni Smith and Dryden Hunt. They end up dropping the gloves and fighting in the third period. This happened after Smith knocked Julian Gauthier to the ice. Smith hit Gauthier from behind in the neutral zone. Uh, didn't knock him to the boards or anything like that, but uh, Gauthier stayed down uh, for a couple seconds and he was kind of doubled over once he got back to the bench. And, you know... Smith had time to stop. It's not the most vicious, savage hit that I've ever seen in my life. Certainly, I don't think it's a suspendable offense or anything along those lines. But basically, Gautier turned his back. And again, Smith had time to hit the brakes. He did not. Knocked him down to the ice. And uh, Dryden Hunt stepped in, stood up for his teammate. And, uh, you know, they were off to the races, landing a couple punches each. Nothing too crazy, though. Uh, but the Rangers ended up shorthanded from this because Dryden Hunt also got a roughing call. You know, that's kind of that thing where, you know, if uh, the refs deem a hit to be legal and clean and somebody forces the player that gave out the hit to get into a fight, a lot of times they're calling, uh, you know, him for an extra two minutes there. But I think actually, I got to double check this because I think they might have actually hit them both with roughing, which seems strange because punches were thrown. I would imagine it should have been fighting. Yeah, no, I just checked it. Giovanni Smith and Dryden Hunt both got two minutes for roughing here, which is strange because they both dropped their gloves and they both threw punches. So if that's not fighting, I'm not sure what is. But then Dryden Hunt also got hit with an additional two minutes. Uh, again, kind of like for instigating it, he got, I guess, two roughing penalties or a double minor. I don't know if it's really a double minor per se, as much as it's two separate roughing penalties here. Uh, but his second penalty was served by Artemi Panarin. And uh, the Red Wings ended up on the power play as the result of that. So that was unfortunate. But another positive for this game, I thought the Ranger penalty kill was absolutely outstanding. They created more scoring chances than they allowed while they were shorthanded in this game tonight. Barclay Goodrow had a chance on a breakaway. He almost had a second chance on a breakaway a little bit later in the game. And Detroit ends up 0 for 3 on the power play. Rangers just gave them absolutely nothing. Wouldn't even let them get set up. Nothing even resembling a quality scoring chance uh, on the Detroit power play there. And in fact, at the tail end of this power play, about 12 seconds to go in the man advantage for Detroit, uh, they end up taking an offensive zone penalty. They tripped up Adam Fox behind the Ranger net, and obviously that kills the rest of the Detroit power play, and the Rangers end up getting their first power play of the game. They get a minute and 48 seconds to work with, and that was more than enough. Uh, you had, first of all, I got to give a shout out to Igor Shesterkin for a couple of passes that he made in this game. We'll get to the one that he made in overtime in just a second, but this one was almost as good. Igor, you know, comes way out of his crease as he's one to do, and honestly, you know, certain goalies, you get nervous when they do that, when they come way out of their crease to play the puck. I don't even bat an eye. I, I figure every time Igor Shesterkin does this, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's going to, you know, he'll play it safe if he has to, but he'll also uh, pass down the ice and hit one of his guys in stride if he sees the opportunity to do that as well. I don't think he's been burned by doing this a single time in his career, at least not yet. And so he makes this great pass, like I said, right at the center of the ice, hits Mika's Zibanejad, Rangers working around the perimeter a little bit, some good crisp passing here. Uh, Mika's in his office, and he scores on just a rocket of a one-timer, ties the game at 2-2. Two two. 
every player on the ice deserved an assist on this one. There was just great puck movement like I was talking about. And, uh, you know, Mika, it's at the point where he's just not going to miss a one-timer from this spot on the ice, the old Artemi Panarin spot on the power play. When Panarin was out of the lineup, they moved Mika there, and uh, he's been scoring goals left and right on that one-timer from that spot. So uh, great for Mika. He's now got a point in 17 of his last 21 games. And uh, again, this came with just over eight minutes to go, got the crowd back into it, and uh, gave the Rangers a chance to uh, really kind of seize the momentum. They had a couple of chances down the stretch in the third period. There was another instance where the Rangers worked the puck to the crease, and it kind of just bounced to Mika Zibanejad. And this looked like a game-winning goal, but again, Thomas Grice, an excellent sliding save to his right, deflects the puck wide of the net. And then uh, Larkin had a chance for the Red Wings late in the third period here as well. Kind of got a chance out of nowhere just going up the center of the ice. Fires a shot from the high slot and Igor Shesterkin with, I would say, either his best or his second best save of the night. That early one against Fabry was really good as well, but this was equally uh, as impressive and certainly more clutch because this happened in the last 10 seconds and Igor just extended upward. Excellent glove save. He is so good with that glove. Snags it like it's nothing and uh, we go into overtime. We get another great save by Igor Shesterkin fairly early in the overtime period. You've got Bertuzzi with a shot from the high slot area, and Igor steered the puck away, and this happened while a player on the Red Wings, I didn't see who it was, but somebody was, you know, basically in the net. He was down in the crease, and Igor didn't care. He just scored up the shot, turned it aside, and then we had a situation where Rooney, Heedle, and Fox were on the ice, and Rooney took a shot. He was moving in. Uh, it was blocked, but it came right back to Rooney. So he put it in front to Philip Heedle, and Heedle had a chance to bury it from the doorstep. Couldn't quite do it. Unfortunately, that would have been absolutely huge for Philip Heedle. We talked about how he needed a moment and how he got one in the most recent game against the Boston Bruins. He scored the game-tying goal in the third period there, so a big clutch moment for Heedle. Would have been absolutely fantastic to see him bag the overtime game winner. And would have been especially cool for me because I would have gotten like every prediction right uh, that we did with Locked On Red Wings. I said that I could see the Red Wings maybe leading one nothing after the first intermission. That's what the score was. I also said that the Rangers would win this game if Philip Heedle could get on the score sheet. And I also said the Rangers would win three to two. So man, it could have been three for three if uh, if Heedle could have buried it there. But uh, be that as it may, the overtime continues. Uh, you've got Kreider with a centering pass, Samika Zibanejad, and Grice. Uh, makes a great save. It was a little give-and-go action. Mika to Kreider, back to Mika. Grice with another fantastic save. We get a two-on-one for the Red Wings, and uh, Bertuzzi gets a chance from the doorstep, but Igor Shesterkin makes an excellent sliding save to his right, and then Igor makes a pass up the center of the ice to spring Artemi Panarin on a breakaway. So if Panarin is able to finish here, uh, Igor Shesterkin is getting a primary assist on the game-winning goal in overtime. That would have been absolutely Wild to see. Unfortunately, Panarin uh, kind of got caught from behind by Larkin. Uh, Larkin was busting his tail to get back on this play. And then Larkin himself had a chance at the buzzer. Uh, Igor Sesterkin made the save, steered it aside, and we go to the shootout. We get Raymond scoring for the Red Wings. You know, slow up the right side. Uh, Igor got a good piece of it, but it still snuck through his pads. You've also got Mika Zibanejad. He used the same move that he used against the Bruins. Basically, uh, just faked Thomas Grice out of his pads, which is no small feat when you look at how Grice played in this game. But again, very similar to what he did against Boston. Fake going to his backhand, brought it back to his forehand, and basically just slid the puck into the open net. He really got uh, Grice to commit, and like I said, basically just faked him out of his pads. Uh, Larkin is stopped by Igor. You've got Breadman in a rare scenario, not scoring on the power play. Again, Grace was on top of his game. Credit where it's due. Uh, Ernie 
loses control, goes in wide. Adam Fox has a chance to win it. Uh, he can't do it. Bertuzzi doesn't score. Lafreniere doesn't score. Gagne doesn't score. Uh, Strom does not score either. And then Suter uh, puts in what turns out to be the game and goal, hit the post, but then went into the net. And then it's up to Philip Hedl to try to save the game for the Rangers. He had a good attempt. You know, he went in slow and uh, tried to uh, move the puck over to his left and just kind of sweep it in behind the right outstretched leg of Grice. Unfortunately, he was not able to do that. And uh, Grice with a great right skate save. There was just a little opening there for Hedl, but Grice got his skate, you know, over to the pipe just in time there to keep it from going in. So that's unfortunate. I will say I was surprised not to see Chris Kreider in this shootout. I mean, he is leading the league in goals or, I mean, I don't know how many drives Idol has. It's possible he's in second place by now, but yeah, surprised to see Philip Hedl out there. Hedl is 0 for 3 in his career in the shootout. Uh, Ryan Strom, I believe, was only 3 for 12 going into this one. Uh, Lafreniere, you know, I'm cool with that. You know, it's, he scored not too long ago, a little bit earlier this season in a shootout attempt. I think Keandre Miller might have been a good choice too. I mean, look, hindsight's always 20-20. We can throw out names, but, you know, Keandre Miller scored on a wraparound goal in this game, and he won the last game in the shootout and looked darn good doing it. I mean, he put some ridiculous moves on the Boston goaltender. So uh, I was thinking maybe uh, Keandre Miller had moved up in the pecking order a little bit. Uh, alas, that was not the case. Uh, but, you know, again, the shootout can be a little bit of a crap shoot. We all know that. And again, the biggest positive, the biggest takeaway I'm going to take from these first two games here, Rangers, for the most part, getting it done in crunch time. Like I said, they have not led in a game, and yet they still have three out of a possible four points against the Bruins and against the Panthers. I think you got to take that. One other thing I just want to mention real quick at the end before we call it a night here, I uh, just want to give congratulations to the uh, Canadian women's team for winning the gold medal at the Olympics, beating the U.S. 3-2 to in the gold medal game. Uh, Canada was up 3 nothing. Rally by the United States. I mean, they knocked it down to three to one late in the second period, scoring on the power play, and then cut it to three to two. But unfortunately, there were only 12 seconds left, and uh, time basically just ran out in the United States. And uh, again, big congratulations to Canada. And as for the men's side, you know, I figured I was going to be tracking uh, both Canada and the United States very, very closely, uh, at least close to the gold medal game, if not the gold medal game itself. I mean, that might have been as good a bet as any as far as what the gold medal matchup was going to be, but unfortunately, uh, both of them got knocked out. So we'll continue to keep our eye on the uh, rest of the men's Olympic tournament, but it does take a little bit of a, the fun out of it, given that the United States is out and Canada's out. And, uh, you know, obviously most of the listeners uh, of Locked on New York Rangers hail from one of those two countries, but we'll still keep our eye on it. And certainly we'll at least talk a little bit about the gold medal game, whatever it turns out to be. Uh, but that will do it for tonight, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets.